Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Hey guys, I am so excited that you are here hanging out with me today. Oh, we've got a good one on our hands. I hope you're ready to take notes. Heather Petty, she is a wife to David and mom to four amazing humans that are 10 to 24 years old. She loves Jesus, says she is a closet peanut M&M and goldfish cracker consumer. I'm like, hello, (laughs) sign me up. Where have you been all my life, girl? (laughs) I'm waiting on you, Steph. I've been waiting on you to meet you. My goodness. So originally, she's from the Mississippi Delta, and you will totally hear it. She received a BA in communications from Mississippi State University, and she is a certified etiquette consultant. I'm I'm already in trouble. Oh, no. And a life coach. And she helped found the Center for Pregnancy Choices in Meridian, Mississippi, and served as an original board member. Heather's also co-founder of the Meridian Classical Center for Learning a Christ-centered enrichment program for homeschool families. She has experience in establishing a connection with communities for corporations and individuals using her expertise in public relations. Heather believes that life is a long line of lessons, and in her opinion, it's all about faith and good old common sense. So today we're going to talk a little bit about adoption, something that I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with, and it's a a really exciting time. And so I'm going to hand it over to Heather and tell me a little bit about the your adoption process and what we could learn from all this. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. It's so good to be back. And adoption, first of all, is it's kind of a tricky subject. It really is because people usually are led to adoption for different reasons. And a lot of times, you know, it's because they can't conceive. Sometimes it's just a tricky subject, but I'll tell you what led me to adoption. I'd had several miscarriages between my first and second children. And we like to call our children our LPs, our LP1 through 4. So, My LP1, LP2, those are our little preciouses, little precious number one and number two. And I had a terrible pregnancy with our LP2, our second child, that included a lovely seven-month stay in the bed. So I don't know if you're familiar with bed rest. Wow, that is incredible. That feels like that's like a year. (laughs) It, It was a long time, Steph. And after she was born, there were there, she was healthy, thank goodness. Oh, my goodness. I was so, so grateful. You want to talk about getting on your hands and knees? If I could have, I would have because we just, there was so much prayer that went <laughs> with her pregnancy. People just really walked me through that. They really did. Because when you're in the bed for that long, that's a humbling experience. You could probably write a book on all the things that a person can do in seven months in a bed. You could. Well, create make a quilt or start a business or good lord I did do a little embroidery and shopping that's what I did a lot not just a little a lot of stuff a lot of that but after she was born there were some issues that led to a hysterectomy and that it was it was very difficult because I had these grandiose ideas of a large family 
but I wanted to be grateful for what God had given me. So I, you know, anytime God gives you something, you don't want to say, well, more, more, more. But, you know, at the dinner table, we still felt like, at least I did during that time, that someone was missing. Even though my prayers had been answered, I still felt that way. And I loved being a mom. And I mean, I just loved it. I loved everything. I still do. I love being a mom, everything about it. And when our second child turned five, we as a couple decided that we weren't ready to move on completely from the baby and little kid stage. Cause you know, when they turn five and they start kindergarten, that's when they start transitioning. You know, sometimes somebody, a friend will tell them, you know, there's no I don't want to say it just in case little ears are listening, but you know, that some things don't exist that we enjoy around holidays and we weren't ready for all that to be over. I mean, we just felt like we had a lot of love to give and I was the first to initiate the idea, but soon after God put it on my husband's heart to adopt But I have to backtrack a little bit because a lot of people have said, you know, how did you know that you could love another child? Like, how did you know? And that and a lot, I think a lot of men especially have a hard time with that idea, that concept. But about eight years prior, one of my BFFs, one of my college roommates, she was in her early 20s. I was in my, I was 26. I'd just given birth to our first child two weeks before. And her husband was killed in a tornado when she was nine weeks pregnant. Oh my goodness. It it was beyond awful. It was beyond awful. So I did not know she was pregnant when this happened. And no one knew she was waiting to tell. Long story short, she would come and visit us and bring the baby. And early in the morning, when I would hear him cry, I would go get him for her and put him in the bed with us so that she could sleep and give her a break because she didn't have anyone to give her a break like that. And I can remember waking up and looking into her son's sweet little face. He was about six months old, big blue eyes. And I thought I could love any baby. Like that was my confirmation. I think God gave me that time to show me and prepare me for what was to come. We knew other couples who had adopted in our area and we were familiar to some extent, but it was still a leap of faith. Oh, I imagine. I, You know, I love that you said, I just knew, I just knew that there was another baby out there for me to love. Like you just didn't feel like you were done yet. I, mean, I love how God sets that in our heart. It's like, I don't know how this child is going to get here. You know, oftentimes you get knocks and bumps along the way. And maybe, um, you know, you carry a child in your womb for nine months or fly overseas to adopt a child or foster a child or raise your cousin's kid. I mean, really, however (laughs) we become a mom, life has this way of softening those sharp edges and teaching us to lean in and love harder. It does. It does. And family staff do not have to mind. I, I don't, and I don't think people get as caught up in that now as they used to, as especially skin color. I don't think p- people get caught up in skin color like they used to. But the important thing is that we are all loving one another and taking care of one another. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, life. I mean, there's no average family anymore. Life is, is not perfect at all. We just all want love. You know, we all want to belong. I have a girlfriend that adopted through the foster care system in in Arizona 
And I'm just amazed. Like those kids, they had all these little problems in the beginning, and she has just loved them to death. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have a choice. She said, had, "You are you're going to be loved. <laughs> you are going to be loved." Every time they tried to buck the system, or you know, constantly knock on that door, being like testing her, she did not fail. It's like one of those little kangaroos that. Yeah, they got that pouch and it's like, oh, there's room for more, room for more. Come on in. <laughs> well, it's true. And I mean, once you've done it one time, it's easy to do it again. I mean, we we always talk about we brought the first child home, looked down at the little carrier, and we um and we said, Oh my goodness, when this our LP two goes to college, this child will be a rotten, spoiled only child. <laughs> so the next thing I knew, we were doing more paperwork. Here comes the next one. And we we do. We've often said if we were younger and, and if we had started the process at a younger age, we probably would have adopted at least three or four more times. So you got him a buddy? We got him a buddy. He needed a buddy. <laughs> Everybody needs a running buddy. That's right. That's right. I love it. You know, my husband was adopted here in Phoenix years ago, and he had hired a private investigator and he thought, you know, I just want to know who 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 my parents are. But he was so happy with the ones who raised him. He never felt like he was longing for or looking for. He just wanted to see somebody who looked like him in this world. And, and he found his parents and uh, it was through Catholic charities. Uh, those little nuns, boy, they were on it. They were texting my husband and they had all the files and the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know. I mean, you, I'm sure there are a lot of questions like, are the kids, do the kids want to find their, their parents or do they want to, you know, all, there's a lot of questions and I'm sure as they get older, but with him, you know, he was raised with a uh, special needs child and the parents couldn't have kids. And then he found out he had six sisters. Wow. (laughs) Six sisters. And he was like one of the, he was the first grandchild of the entire family. And um, yeah, and it worked out so great. Uh, In the end, we're all one big happy family. We go on vacations together and we've been in each other's weddings. And it was just like everybody's heart just expanded even more. Well, I love that. And, And my thing is, and I tell other parents this, especially parents who do not have biological children and they adopt. And I tell them not to feel threatened by the birth mother. And I think that having biological children, it, it definitely gives you a heart for what the birth mother is going through that that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. But I mean, it's a very unselfish act to put a child first before your own feelings and your own needs. It's the most unselfish act. So I, I encourage mine to find their birth parents at some point. I really do. But, you know, you have to be, of course, you have to be 18. Yeah, I love that, too, because there's no jealousy or any. It's like, I feel very confident in who I am. I raised you. I'm your mother. There's biological DNA out there, and they probably had some sort of reason. And I can't imagine how hard it was to birth a child and then let them go like that. It's a, I cannot imagine, Steph. A selfless gift, for sure. It is a selfless, selfless gift. And... I mean, I have told my children how much I love their birth mothers because they have given me the greatest gift. (sighs) I'm all teared up because I think that is just (laughs) it's so heartwarming, really, because not only do you love the kid, but you're like, you love my mom, too, the one who gave birth to me. So there's just an extended acceptance, you know, like this 
they say circles are better than rows. And uh, it's like you didn't just accept me. You accepted all of me, Mom, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's important to do that. It's important to to let the children know that you have these feelings for the people that they came from. I think that 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 helps them to feel even more included. Absolutely. What about if we're talking to the mom out there that they want to adopt again or or start in the foster care system? What what would be the first step if they're just going, oh, my gosh, I don't even I feel stuck. I'm not even sure where to go. Right. The first thing that I would do is find a couple of families that have recently adopted. Find out who they adopted through the agency or if it was through foster care. Gather all the information that you can possibly gather. And the second thing that I would do is get started on your home study because that takes months. People don't realize how long it takes to get through a home study. And you have to have a licensed social worker to do your paperwork. So you can call any area or local adoption agency or the foster care system, and they will give you the contact of a social worker. But that's the first thing that I would do. Well, let me ask you this. When you first adopted, were there any roadblocks or positive curveballs that came your way that you didn't expect? Were there things that you maybe had this idealistic feeling about, like this is how it's going to be, and then this was like reality, or oh my gosh, this was so different than... Than I right, thought, you know. Right. I don't think that I had any surprises because I had spoken with so many families who had adopted. But I will tell you, there is nothing, Steph, like getting a phone call. I will never forget it as long as I live. The owner of the agency, the first adoption, called and said, Miss Petty, I have the best news for you you are going to be a mama. And when I, I mean, I could cry telling you this. When I tell (laughs) you that I screamed, the kids were screaming. They were so excited. I mean, it just, the excitement, there is nothing like it. Yeah, this there isn't is nothing this, like it. this isn't Elf on the Shelf, you know. This isn't like, oh, I'm going to get my favorite, you know, Tickle Me Elmo. I mean, this is like a human, you know. It's all of the holidays wrapped into one, and you're going to get a brother or sister. Wow. I mean, it is the most amazing thing. And to walk into a hospital, not pregnant, and leave with a baby, Oh my you goodness. cannot <laughs> even imagine. And so I just I wish everybody could experience both. I wish every woman could birth a child and adopt a child because the experiences are totally different but equally as special. My goodness. Wow, that you painted such a visual picture of just elation, you know. What what would you say to those moms out there who are still waiting? Who are still waiting for that call? The baby is coming. The right baby is coming. And if you, when you have down days, you will have down days. Steph, it is so hormonal. You you wouldn't think so. <laughs> but the feelings that you feel, the anticipation that you feel when you are pregnant and you get to the end of your pregnancy, those are the same feelings that you feel when you are waiting for an adoption. And even after the baby's born, I can remember having, this sounds nuts, I know, but I had a little postpartum. Yeah, well, you feel all the feels. You're so connected, you know, it's just a direct connection to this human. They had actually, it's almost like that Friends episode where, you know, they know the girl, she's going to have the baby, they're hanging out with her for months. And and then when they get the call, they find out they're twins. 
and they had no idea. They literally go to the hospital, pick up one, and they come home with two children. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! Surprise! (laughs) But my biggest thing is, and what got me through, and you asked, what would you say to that family who are waiting? is don't get discouraged. Don't don't get discouraged. Find a friend or someone who will encourage you on the hard days, who will remind you, you know what? Your baby is coming. The right baby is coming. God has a plan. His plan is perfect. His timing is perfect. And I had that. I had that woman who encouraged me and said, you know, because I had some hard days. When is the baby coming? And that you need to find someone to be your cheerleader. Yeah, God's not going to give you that burning desire that, oh, it's like, you know, hanging on to that pew when they're like, hey, it's, you know, that salvation prayer and your hands are sweating and you're like, I know I need to walk up there. (laughs) It's not like, it's like that. It's like, oh, Lord, you know, it's like God is giving this to me, this excitement and a burning and a passion. I am meant to be a mom no matter what. He's not going to not provide that. It's going to be your turn, right? It's just maybe not right now. Right, exactly. And when it happens and you hear the whole backstory with the birth mother and how she chose you, because in most of these agencies, you prepare a family book full of, it's a letter that you, you compose and pictures of your family. And so when you find out that you've been chosen and the reasons why you were chosen, wow. That is exciting. Can you imagine it's like it's the best the best scrapbook ever, you know, to open it, it up and be like, not only did they give you your, their child, but they said all like the reasons why they picked you. I mean, it's just it hits right. to the heart, right? Your soul. It will hit your soul. And anybody out there that needs help with a letter, I am happy to help you because I love to write birth mother letters. Oh, you do? You're like, you <laughs> I do. I can write a great family book letter. You heard that, ladies. If anybody's out there and they're like, I totally needed help. I mean, she's an etiquette coach. Uh, I was like, oh, gosh, I didn't even know that. I, I, <laughs> I could use your services just on that. <laughs> uh, we'll wait until we go out to dinner and then we'll you'll, you'll size me up. <laughs> size you up. We'll oh have our, when they have our first lesson. <laughs> okay, well, what sort of conversations or transitions occur when you're introducing someone to the new family? Uh, Well, our conversations are no different than yours, because honestly, none of my children are going to say, this is my adopted mom, or, you know, we're just a family. And we say, you know, we have four children, some are adopted, but we forget which ones. And you, you will forget which ones you will. Wow. You know, because I'm sure there's little red flags at first, they're just looking for that little you know, with the spirit of rejection a little bit, maybe if they've been through the foster care system and maybe they've been a couple of times like a family is going to take them and then they didn't and it just feels like, oh, and so they're like looking for those little, am I as special as the rest of them? And you're like, you're all the same. It's like, welcome, little buddy. This is your room. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing laundry this, this like is- the rest of them, right? Yes, settle in, settle in. I can't really relate to that, though, Steph, because my I brought my babies home from the hospital. So, so they started brand new. It was like, gotcha. Yeah, brand new. But I, I do have friends that adopted older children, and that that's a transition altogether. 
That is so interesting. I'm, I've never been a part of that world before. I have a lot of kids, and my kids are like, Mom, we're already sharing everything. Don't, <laughs> don't, I've got all my girlfriends, and they're like, Hey, let's, we have like fundraisers and things for the foster care system in Arizona. And they're like, Mom, are you going to bring somebody else home? And I was like, I might. And they're like, <laughs> We're already divided up on all of our beds and bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, my, our youngest, one day he asked me, he goes, mama, can I get a new pair of shoes? And I said, sure. And he goes, can I get some that come in a box? I just, I'll want some in a box. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized then, you know, when you're number four, things get passed down, don't they? Yeah. You know, after a while, I mean, with my kids, I'm like, hey, I can't even remember their names anymore. It's like you get over here. We had a dog and he was a Jack Russell Terrier. His name was Max. Um, well, his name was Jack. His name was Jack. And I thought, Jack Russell Terrier, how cute. And then we had, we we're having a baby, and I got excited about that. And my husband's name is John. And I thought, ooh, I don't want to name him John because he's the third. You know, John the fourth. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Big John, little John, Johnny. I mean, <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the dog's name, Jack, and I'm going to give it to my kid. <laughs> you changed the dog's name. So after a year, I changed the dog's name. <laughs> the dog was like, he didn't know what his name was. I'm like, man. Jack, he comes flying in. If you had pizza, he's like, are you talking to me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. We just got so rid of the dog tags. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. So even to this day, you know, I don't I still can't remember all the kids names. It's like, get in here. You, you know, and y'all know who I'm talking about. And sometimes I'll call them the dog's name and they're like, mom. <laughs> and your kids are so much closer together in age than mine. That's a whole you know, it's not like you're the height. When you look across the room, everybody's close to the same height. So it would be easy to get names mixed up. Please explain that to them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. Yeah. There, there was a guy in college at Mississippi State, and he called every girl there Betty. So he would just say, hey, Betty. Hey, Betty. <laughs> and then he didn't have to remember anybody's name. Oh, my gosh. And they were like, uh, oh, well, I'm not Betty. <laughs> but he got their attention. Oh, he did that for four years. He did that for four years. So who is that that named all their sons after him? Oh, yeah. he. Uh, I can't think of his name. George Foreman. George Foreman. That's it. <laughs> Remember, he had the, the griddle. <laughs> yes. On that Everybody infomercial. George. Yes. I love that my sound engineer knows this. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you. He's like thumbs up in over there. Oh, well, my it's gosh. not too late for you, Steph, to adopt. It's not too late. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I will start over. I've got one in college now and a senior and um, a sophomore and a seventh grader. I think she's seven. She could be six. You know, after a while, you're kind of <laughs> like they raise themselves. <laughs> I, know. I know. And see, that would keep you from experiencing empty nests syndrome we're never we're never going to experience that at our house you know and it's funny because I uh you know worked so hard at naming every little kid and all their middle names and all the things and then the last kid I filled out all the paperwork and but they didn't they didn't write down the middle name I had given her and so she's just her first name that's it that's (laughs) that's all of her existence it's just like three letters She, she didn't get a middle name yeah she didn't get a middle name I feel like a What's the name of that show, The Middle, that's so funny? And they named her Sue Sue. Yes. yes. <laughs> I forgot about oh, that. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. She's I forgot. Like, no, I cannot believe that happened to you. She's like, I didn't even get a middle name, Mom. And I was like, well, that's not my fault. But, you know, if you want to go back in time and rename yourself, like, you can. <laughs> <laughs> 
the gift that, that keeps on giving. <laughs> that is the gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. That is so funny. What do you do with monograms? Ooh, uh, we don't. <laughs> you know, all, that's one thing when I moved to Memphis. I met this lady and she said, oh, you're from Mississippi. She goes, y'all just like to monogram everything down there. Yeah, we do. We even monogram the diapers. But, you know, after that second child and we stopped scrapbooking, they got nothing. (laughs) I mean, nothing. (laughs) You know, there's like 40,000 pictures on my iPhone. But, you know, if they want to do something with that, they can. So what are your what are your final thoughts on this and how can people reach you, Heather? People can reach me at lifecoachbff.com or on social, it's lifecoachbff. My thoughts on adoption are just trust God. If you are, if God is pulling on your heart, if he's whispering this into your ear, into your soul, trust him, take a leap of faith. Don't, you don't want to go through life wishing that you had. I mean, I don't ever want to be a person that, that says, uh, you know, and I'm, I meet people all the time that say, I wanted to adopt. I wish I had adopted. I thought about adopting. Well, pray about it and leap. Just jump. <laughs> Just jump, sister. Just jump. I mean, we are living with no regrets. Absolutely. This has been so heartwarming for me. I've learned so much, and it's just very touching. And I appreciate all the actionable steps for someone who is longing for a baby at this point or not really sure how to move forward, and then just being a testament to how great it can be. You are amazing, Heather, and I just appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Steph. I have loved being here. Hey, guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars. And tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.